Okay, college baseball fans, welcome to another episode of a little weekend preview for the 11.7 podcast. Today is Thursday, releasing... Oh, I'm going to start over. Fuck, that sounded so bad. I didn't know how to transition. All right, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Here we go. All right, college baseball fans, welcome to another episode of the 11.7 podcast, and we have a full show for you here today. We're going to be talking about the hosting sites going from you know 16 to 20 eligible and then narrowing it back down to 16. NCAA just released that. We're going to talk about the mid-major player of the year, the Kyle Lewis Award we're giving away. We narrowed it down to 20 quarterfinalists. We are going to talk about the quarterfinalists for the Casey Dykes Volunteer Assistant Award that we just tweeted out here. And then we're also going to talk a little bit about the weekend series coming up. Sorry, I'm having a little computer troubles here. I just had an alert. But yeah, we're going to talk about some of the biggest series in college baseball across the country. Do our little weekends, uh, weekend series pick them. I always have trouble saying that for some reason. But And then we're going to talk a little bit about Dimitri's journey going to Italy starting on Sunday or Saturday. When are you leaving? Saturday. We're not, we're not, we're not, we're, we're not talking about that. We're talking college baseball here, Ben. We, this is a college baseball podcast. We might have to turn into like a little Italian uh, professional league podcast once the college baseball season's over. Just transition right into the Italian profession. I was actually going to ask you about that. Do you think in like sept or let's say August, September, do you want to just like become the worldwide leader in Nippon baseball? Nippon. Dude, I like the South Korean league, the KBO. Like that one's fun to watch. I was watching that on ESPN like during quarantine every every morning at like 6 a.m. But like, we dude, can, is there... Is there a way to stream the Italian baseball league? Because if there is, like, I'll definitely watch. Um, I probably could work my magic. What's it called? What's the league called? Where Korea KBL? No, no, the one that you're the one you're playing in, the Italian. Oh, um, Serie A. So like Serie A, but in Italian they call it Serie A. Serie A, kind of like the soccer league, isn't that? Yeah, just it's the same thing. Nice. But anyway, we're not talking about that. But we don't, I, I want to talk, talk about... about it for like two more minutes, please, because I'm interested. You you played last year. You guys came in second. Are you on the same team or not? Yeah, I'm on the same team. All right. And uh, are you guys favorites to win? Like what kind of odds can I get um, to place a bet down to, that you guys um, win it all? So we should be a, a favorite. Last year, we lost to the team in game seven. We lost to the team. That, their third. It was actually their back-to-back-to-back third straight title. And we lost to them in seven games. We had a two nothing series lead. It was kind of bullshit, but it is what it is. Um, it was it was it was fun. Um, I think we should be the favorites this year. Let's go. And when's the season start? Um, like May twenty third, I think May twenty second. But we're we're already two months behind. They already delayed everything like two months. Well, nice. So, so you're going for spring training here, but we're still going to do the podcast and everything. There's just no April Fool's oh, joke yeah, like we, we did. We're earlier. doing the podcast. We're doing the podcast, even if it's like at weird times during the day. We'll we'll find a way to do it. But dude, let's start by talking on this episode, a little college baseball. The NCAA finally made a good decision, dude. Finally, like props to them. Clap it up for the NCAA. Clap and, that shit up. They did something logical. They did something smart. Like it was just like, dude. It's like who did they hire? To who, hacked, who hacked the, their account? <laughs> who did they? Who did they hire to consult for this? Because that was not the NCAA we know. But what we're talking about here is uh, it's already been predetermined that they're going to pick the 16 hosting sites about a month in advance for like quarantine stuff and um, like get everything set up to host the regionals. That way, there's like testing grounds and things like that. 
I don't know. I'm not an expert on that, but they're expanding it to 20 for right now. So on May 10th, they're going to pick the 20 potential host sites, and then it's going to be cut down to 16 on selection Sunday slash Monday. Like they're going to announce it on Sunday before the selection show on Monday, if that makes sense. So what I'm like happy about is that it's going to actually make things interesting for the teams that, you know, get selected as a potential host. Like they still have to play hard the last month of the season. And I think that's why the NCAA probably caught themselves like, Hey, let's, let's, we need to stop retire shoe and keep going again because they probably thought, oh, we're going to do announce 16, let them get super prepared for everything. And then they're like, wait a minute. If we announce May 10th that these 16 teams are hosting. Then there's no incentives. There is absolutely zero incentive. You can cakewalk. You can dog walk your way to the regional. And now you're taking away the the exclusiveness, the prestigeness, and the incentive to be a top 16 team. So let me ask you this. Do you think there's going to be any regional host sites that like the host seed is going to be, or the host is going to be a two seed or potentially like a three seed? Like, let's say for example, ooh, ooh, ooh. yeah, great question. Now um, let's say for an example, like somebody like Ole Miss who hasn't won an SEC series in over a month, like they somehow get selected as a top 16 overall seed host site or whatever. And then like they struggle down the stretch too, like where they're, pushing a three seed like probably a two seed but maybe pushing a three seed if they really struggle like can you see something like that uh, happening you know that is such a good question because i remember when the, all the news first broke back in like i think it was in march ish or end of early april um they were saying hey just because you're a host site doesn't mean you're a national seed or a top 16 seed you're just hosting based on merit based on testing availability based on resources i guess all their safety protocol and by the way that was a great question you said that because a school like miami or florida or florida state i think one of those three is going to end up hosting just because like i was i was reading an article university of miami has been like a top 10 school in the in the country in terms of covid testing numbers um, their low positivity rate and their um, well, it's because kids don't go to class in Miami, so like they don't have to worry about it spreading. <laughs> if you can infer all you want, I will not. I will not partake in those activities, but you can infer. But so, the, so for example, like okay, Miami has some recognition of being an outstanding COVID protocol response school. The NCAA sees that. I'm sure they're going to take that into account and say, hey. Miami, you're hosting, but you're getting a two seed. And then a school like Charlotte, who the NCAA probably looking at them like, you guys have never hosted before. What makes us think you can host a regional, be really good at testing, and have the experience? Because you guys have never done it before. Yeah, I and so NCAA- that's that's why I think the NCAA expanded it to 20 for teams like Charlotte and um, Louisiana Tech and other teams who like maybe Pitt. Teams who have never hosted before, um, like, let's see, just kind of like, all right, let's see if you guys are for real. Like, we'll give you one month trial, basically. Finish up the season. If you guys do well, we'll give you a, a hosting site. Like, that's why I think it was expanded to 20, because if they went ahead and, like, preset it to 16 and gave, like, Charlotte or Louisiana Tech a regional. Um, and then they shit the bed. And then they just, the wheels fall off. Like, then it's like, ew, why are they hosting? 
So I think that's like, it's kind of used as a tryout for maybe, like, let's take eight teams, for example, the bottom eight. So teams 13 through 20. Like, all right, four of you guys are getting, four of you guys are getting out. Maybe it's four mid-majors. Maybe it's four um, power five teams. And it's like, all right, let's see who's the best of the best when it comes down to it. But do you think, let me ask you that. So going back to what I was talking about, do you think the NCAA could say, hey, you've never hosted before. We don't know if, we don't, this is not the year to be your first time hosting. Do you think they say some cool shit like that? I could see them doing that, man. You know I what I mean? Play some them. shit like that. Like, hey, we're going to give it to Ole Miss. They've hosted. They have the experience. They have the infrastructure. Um, they're gonna, gonna be like, man, but you guys could be the one seat over there, and and it's gonna be the most <laughs> bullshit thing. But I could. They're totally gonna be like, happen. they're gonna be like, all right, Louisiana Tech, you guys uh, can be the one seat, but it's gonna be at Alex Box Stadium, LSU. Like, congrats. <laughs> you, you see what I like? I, I can totally definitely see, see them doing that. That is so. That is right up the NCAA alley. Like, they're gonna find gonna a hide. way to mess it up, dude. Like, we're gonna can... hide behind this little <laughs> COVID safety protocol wall. Yeah, where nobody can argue it. And they're going to give LSU a hosting site and put Louisiana Tech at the one seat there and say, hey, you guys have never hosted, blah, 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 blah. We don't know if you're ready for it. We're, we're trying to look out for you guys to keep it in everybody's best interest when in reality, they just never wanted to give it to them. Look, I'm not the smartest man in the world, but I know that I've never seen the NCAA make two good decisions in a row. So they're due for a bad decision coming up. And I believe on May 10th, they're going to mess it up somehow. I wonder if the NCAA's ever had a three-game winning streak. No, never. They've never swept a weekend series. <laughs> NCAA, I don't know if they've even won a series before. But, uh, um, but yeah, no, I thought, I mean, that was just newsworthy stuff that we wanted to talk so, about so there. Before we, like, dive into other things, Ben, this is another situation. Louisville and Nebraska. I posted a I saw your tweet. on Twitter. Yeah. Okay, so let me ask you that. As of right now, at 2.33 p.m. on Thursday, April 29th, Louisville is 39th in the RPI. They're 15 and 5. I mean, uh, sorry. Um, they are 9 and 5 against Quadrant, quadrant 1. Nebraska... It's 48. So Louisville dropped, jumped more spot. Nebraska dropped the spot. So Nebraska is 48, and they're three and two against Quadrant One, but they're also leading the Big Ten, and they're leading, and Louisville's leading the ACC. Do you, if Nebraska wins the Big Ten regular season title, do you, you have to give them a host spot, right? Yes. Yeah. The NCAA, yeah. NCAA is going to definitely reward the, the Big Ten for some stupid reason. Like, I don't agree with rewarding the Big Ten for not playing out of conference, but they're going to give the big twin big 10 one host. Like they always do. We saw them do it with like Minnesota a few years ago. They, uh, they do it with Indiana. I mean, those teams probably deserved it back then, but yes, I think the big 10 gets one host and then the ACE, the winner of the ACC is going to get to the host. national seed. Yeah. And I, like, I, I'll guarantee you almost, like almost guarantee it that Notre Dame will get a hosting spot too. I, Notre All Dame right. is a All Northern right, that's school. Another- yeah, it's a northern That's another question who, of debate, and I'm I'll, I'll I'm gonna I'm, I'll get to that in one second. But going back to this, people have made the argument that players should not be punished for the decisions of their leaders, which I can agree with, right? Right. But let, let, let's put this in perspective here. Let's say you work for a company called AT and T or whatever. Okay, you chose to work for AT and T. You're you're putting your name with the AT&T logo on your polo shirt, right? 
That's right. what you wear to work every day. That's you represent that company. You are a part of that company. Yes, you can't punish the players for the decision of their leaders, but going, you chose to go to that school. You chose to go to that conference. You put your confidence in your head coach, your athletic director at that school. You put your in your trust in that conference. What their yeah, decisions you went there are, because you, you have to live it. with. Yeah, you, you have to live. You, you cannot. Yeah. You cannot sit here and pull the NCAA. You can't punish us because our leaders made these decisions. Well, I'm not trying to be a dick here, but you chose to go to that conference. You chose to go to that school, and that's the decision you have to live with. The decision that you put your faith in, you have to live with the decision. You can't nitpick and pick and choose what benefits you. Yeah. If they make a bad decision, you can't say, "Oh, that's not my problem." Like that, they don't they don't affect me. Well, you chose to go there, and you chose to put your faith in them, your future in them. Yeah. So, I think the argument that players shouldn't be punished for, you know, the decisions of their leaders is a fair argument. But I think. The only given that you can have for the Big Ten this year is one hosting site for your big your regular season champion. Yeah, I think it's going to be one, like the way I look at the Big Ten and look at the future of the schedule. They're going to have one host, whether it's Nebraska, Michigan, or Indiana, and then they're going to have three or four teams, or they're going to have four, maybe five teams in, depending on if yeah, like at Mar- large. Yeah, like they're going to have between Iowa and Ohio State and. Uh, Maryland, those three teams, like one of those three is going to get to at large. And then the other um, three, the Michigan, Nebraska, and Indiana. Does that make sense? Like, I think four, maybe five teams get in from the big 10. Yeah. But well, hey, did you hear something? No. Oh, I, I, maybe that was just me. Anyway. Yeah, so the at- <laughs> you scared me for a second. <laughs> I don't know. Is there somebody behind so the at large? The at large <laughs> is more, Hey, um, there's going to be more, questions and maybe irregularities in terms of the selection process for big 10 at large and same thing for the acc like louisville's got a 39 rpi and i think it's gonna let me see let me see their schedule so louisville's got clemson who's 60 they've got vandy duke north carolina and miami left on their schedule they've got 63 56 53 and 17 rpi teams their RPI, if they take care of business, is going to be top 20 by the end of the season. Yeah, no doubt. So I don't think Louisville, we should be too worried about in terms of it not following the typical protocol of top 20 RPI. For They're one of those teams that controls their own destiny. So like Clemson, 60. Louisville takes two out of three or sweeps that. They're going to be, you know, 39. They're going to be still in the 30s, maybe 40. They might drop like two spots. I doubt it. And then... Hey, that midweek against Vanderbilt looks super nice. And you know how Louisville plays in the midweeks. And I can yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but this might be the first midweek where Louisville's like, holy shit, we're not the better team. Let's let's play today. Let's play to win today. Yeah, well, we saw them get revenge on Kentucky a few weeks ago when they got smacked so by when, Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. When and they, they came play, back, yeah, they came back and dominated. But hey, that series against Miami at the end of the year, I know Miami's like not the prettiest team on paper in terms of AC standing stuff, but they're 14 and 12. And I don't know if Louisville a lot to win the ACC yet. No, I mean, I dude, the ACC is so bunched up. Wouldn't surprise me if a team like Georgia tech won it or like uh, North Carolina or like I they're only, my, I think that series against Louisville and Miami might potentially, if Miami, like Miami's got, 
I don't know, we're already diving into the AC, but it all ties together. But Miami's got Boston College, App State, out of conference series, and Georgia Tech, and then Louisville. I could see Miami going, taking two out of three against Boston College. It's at Boston College, so that could be tough to sweep. Two out of three. And then if they take two out of three against Georgia Tech, that's four and two. They're 18 and 14 in the ACC heading into heading to Louisville. Yeah. And that could be your winner right there. No. And dude, you want to try to like, let's just try to project the 20 host sites that the NCAA is going to come out with on May 10th. Just real quick. We'll just like we, run well, we through. Have our, we already have our project from last week. So I guess you want, we can update what we've got. So what I'm saying is like, I know for a fact the winner of the Big Ten is going to get one. Like Big Ten, let's just say Nebraska. We know for a fact Notre Dame is going to do it just because they want Notre Dame and uh, it's a northern school. They're in first place in the ACC right now. So that's two. We're going to say Louisville is going to be there on the bubble. And then one probably one more ACC team, whether it's Georgia Tech, Miami, Pitt, or Virginia Tech. So let's just say one more ACC. So it looks like ACC is going to have three. Big Ten, one. SEC, you're going to have Arkansas. You're going to have Vandy. You're going to have uh, Mississippi State. You're gonna have uh, Tennessee, Tennessee. So, so and then either South. So, I'm gonna say either South Carolina or Ole Miss. No, no, no. South Carolina is like basically they're a lock, dude. Ben, their RPI is ten. They're okay. eleven and seven in conference. They are they're they're doing very well for themselves. I think Vanderbilt, so, Tennessee, and South and South Carolina are like locks for yeah. the host. So we're at nine right now, and then we're gonna have and Texas. TCU. Wait, who did you take from the West? Arkansas and Mississippi State? Yeah, and then Vandy, Tennessee, South Carolina. And then I'm going to put Ole Miss and Florida as in a bubble, bubble right now. Yeah. And then, so that's uh, with when you add Texas and TCU, that's 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. We're already at 11. We're going to throw Louisiana Tech and Charlotte in there just because I think, I think both of those teams – will be in the 20, like the top 20. Yeah, yeah, they're yep, going to play in. Um, Actually, and- you know what's crazy, though, Ben? Louisiana Tech, their RPI drops so much when they split with Marshall. They're at yeah, but they're ranked now. really high. Like they're No, ranked no, no. Really- they're, they're gonna, I think they'll be one of the 20, but don't forget, we still have two weeks. And Louisiana Tech, let me, I'll tell you their, their next two weeks on the schedule. Middle Tennessee State, 217 in the RPI. Louisiana Tech's RPI is going to drop. Even if they sweep, it's going to drop a little bit. Yeah. And then they've got FIU, who is 139 in the RPI. And that final game against FIU is May 9th. So May 10th, they're making their decision the week of May 10th. They, yeah. Their RPI is going to be in the 30s or 40s by the time we get there. So yeah, Louisiana Tech might be a team that was like, oh, shit, like, we were just so in it. And now we're like on the fence looking on the outside, looking in, you know what I mean? So right. I think Louisiana tech should be a number in the top 20, but I wouldn't be surprised. If they're not. So look, I'm at, so when you add Texas, TCU, Louisiana tech, Charlotte, East Carolina, Oregon, Arizona, Stanford, that puts you at Stanford. Is on, That's seventeen. They're on, the, they're on the fence. They're on the fence. You got to remember. You got. Don't forget. Um, well, I would uh, say East, between East Carolina, East Carolina. I said East Carolina. So okay. When and I you was, have TCU. Yeah, TCU. 
Louisiana Tech, Charlotte, Oregon, Arizona. And then you have like Stanford, Ole Miss, Florida, um, who I think are definitely both going to be in there as well. So that's 19. You have one more team. Like it's it's almost already filled up if you think about it, unless another team like goes off. Well, um, you've got I'll give you three teams that are probably fighting for that final spot. Virginia Tech. Did you put UCLA in that 20? No. So I was gonna say there's probably four teams fighting for that spot right now. It's probably another California school, whether it's UCLA, uh, UC Irvine, or uh, I mean, probably UCLA or UC Irvine. Then there's Texas Tech, who I think is also fighting for a spot. Um, and then I would say maybe like a... I think, a, honestly, Ben, Gonzaga is on the fence there as far as our, their 25 RPI. They're right there. They're, 12, they're, they're 14 and 4 in the West Coast. And then you've got a team like Southern Miss. You've got a team like Baylor, and maybe you've got. I mean, I think no, not Baylor. It, depending on how they do the next couple of weeks, Baylor could be right there in the thick of thing. In terms of, I don't think they'll get one, but they are not. Say, an I would say Florida State is also another team, dude. No, I mean, I don't know. If, I mean, I would think so, but do you know what Florida State's RPI is? Yeah, I do. I'm looking at it right now. 31. No, 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 no. Sorry. 46. 46. So like. Uh, yeah, but dude, I, I just know. don't think I just don't think the RPI is going to matter as much this year. Like Kyle Peterson it, already went out and said this. Like, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but that's going to be that they're talking about RPI as a whole. But if you're playing out of conference, your RPI still matters. And Florida State played basically a full schedule. I mean, don't forget the ACC is playing 50 total games instead of 56. So they're still playing out. I, I, I just think I just think your first 15 are, are basically locks. From 15 to 16 through 20 is who who the hell knows? Yeah. I mean, I would agree with that. Um, I would um, just be interested to see if, like, teams like LSU or um, – Dude, LSU is not hosting. I'll, I know, but I'll, I'm saying, two- like, just big, big ballparks that have hosted before if they even yeah, get a yeah, look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we don't know what the NCAA is sitting there thinking, hey, we're going to give teams with big ballpark and, and they stuff might, like dude. that. I'm, like I'm saying, the NCAA could mess this up really easily. We've seen it done So we'll see. we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. But let's move on to the uh, mid-major player of the year, Kyle Lewis Award. We're going to be giving away. We narrowed it down to 20 people, and it was tough. I mean, Demetri and I yeah. stayed up until 3 a.m. Uh, trying to figure this out, like cutting people, adding new guys, Mixing around. We looked through so many stats last night just because we wanted to make sure we got it to as close as right as possible. And so we narrowed it down to these 20 names. There's seven pitchers, I believe. Yeah, seven pitcher. No, seven and a half because there's one two-way guy. Um, seven and a half pitchers and then 13 or 12 and a half position players. One, two, three, four. Yeah, 12 and a half position players. I should have just done the math instead of counted. That's on me, but let's kind of like run through the, the, the names real quick on this list. Cause they definitely all deserve the recognition. Starting on the pitchers. We have Matt Malinsky from uh, Mikulski. Mikulski. I keep saying Malinsky, Matt Mikulski from Fordham, who is having the most dominant year of any pitcher. Sure. He plays at Fordham and doesn't play a tough schedule, but listen but to these numbers. Gas. He's six and no on the mound and obviously wins and losses don't matter. We've seen that in major league baseball, but I think, I think in college, you can give it a, give it a little bit of attention. Yeah, because like, you're, hey, you're playing on Fridays. Impressive. You're playing Friday night. Like most of these guys are Friday night guys, so like they they're facing the best of the best from the other team. 
But listen to these numbers, 0.93 ERA. And I repeat, a 0.93 ERA. He is has three complete games, two shutouts, and eight games started, 48 innings pitched, and what does he have? 91 strikeouts with only 19 walks. And dude, Ben, he's given up 18 hits in 48 innings. And that's unbelievable, dude. Like, he is somebody that, I mean, they're going to be a four seed. They're going to show up in some regional, probably in the ACC or Big Ten, or, like, they're going to be a northern regional. And they're, he's going to shove that day. Like, my money would be on him to win that game versus whoever they're playing. I don't know. But anyway, so, like, he's definitely a favorite for the pitchers. Uh, I'm not going to read through all of these stats, but we have Nicholas Sinicola from Maine. I mean, 1.22 ERA, 44 innings pitched. And he has 84 strikeouts, and he has a, he has a shutout on the year. Six and one from Maine. Uh, Jake Rice seven and zero from Kennesaw State. One point five four ERA, forty six innings pitched, and he has fifty one strikeouts. Jeremy Guerrero from Indiana State seven and one, one point five six ERA, sixty three innings pitched, and he has seventy five strikeouts. And he's Mark. only given up 30 hit, 33 hits in 63 innings. You're giving up one hit basically every two innings. That means guys are like base runner. I mean, okay, Ben, look at this. Jeremy Guerrero has given up 10 walks in 33 hits. 43 base runners, not including errors and all that other stuff. 43 base runners in 63 innings. Like yeah. that is that is that's whip is you are low. busting your ass trying to score a run or try to get you're not getting He's trying to get somebody on base to make something happen, you know? Yeah, Jordan and, Marks from upstate. Yeah, he's seven and one this year. I mean, all these guys are like six and oh, seven and one, eight and one. Um, but we've seen Jordan Marks pitch on ESPN plus a couple times this year against some pretty big name teams, control artist, Greg Maddox esque. Yeah, but I mean, he still has 80 strikeouts this year, like impressive and walk. 10 walks. I, I mean, mean, bro, bro, an eight to one walk to strike out the walk ratio is incredible. Yeah. Like three and a half to four is like, damn, that's really good. Eight is insane. It's literally insane. No free passes for Jordan Marks. And we have Jonathan Fincher from Louisiana Tech. He's six and oh on the year, 1.79 ERA. He's played a much tougher schedule than most of these other players. Um, and he's performs like doesn't have the strikeout numbers that some of these guys have, but I mean, he goes out there and wins every time he pitches. So, and he has two shutouts this year, which is impressive. Nine inning shutout. Uh, Rodney Boone from Santa Barbara, eight and one this year. He's the nation's leader in wins. 1.88 ERA, uh, 57 innings pitch, 70 strikeouts. And then the last pitcher, and we're going to segue this into the hitters because he's a two-way guy. Garrett Delano from Mercer. Is it Delano? Um, it's Delano. Or Del- no, it's Delano. <laughs> is it? Yeah. It, it, I'll tell you the reason why I know that is because when I was doing the ESPN uh, I was plus announcing say, for ESPN or sorry, ESPN plus announcing for Mercer, it has like the name pronunciation. The pronunciation. I've called him Del- Delano since I've known him like the whole year to his face. I've called him Garrett Delano on the pronunciation Delano, A-Y-N-O. I was like, what the? So I don't I know, man. The, I, I hate the English language dictionary it's and so language true. because why don't you spell the damn name the way it's pronounced? <laughs> like, Del- like if anybody anybody looked at that name they would say delano yeah but it's delano and so he's the put best- a damn i in there put an i in there make it yeah. like make it make or sense a, or a y or something like give us a hint at least anyways he's the best two-way guy in mid-majors in the country he's up for the no john doubt Olerud. we went through we, we went, went through all of the john Olerud like two-way player of the year finalists 
and there was probably eight mid-major guys on there and nobody even came close to the it wasn't even close i don't think one dude was hitting over 275 Mm -hmm. and and then the rest as a pitcher they didn't even meet the minimum requirement so that means they probably just throw 10 wash up you know eat up inning 10 inning random inning game doesn't matter this dude is doing friday night friday night on the bump and the the cleanup And he's the cleanup hitter. Yeah, like you just said. And, and another impressive stat is in the first inning of three of his starts this year, he's hit a home run. So, like, he starts on the mound and, and in the three first up, three inning. Three down. Three up, three down or whatever it was. And he hits a home run in the bottom of the first. He's done that three times this year. That's insane. I, like, that has to be a record. I, I don't – I couldn't imagine that being broken. Like, hey, nobody's like ever done one it of those, four times. I feel like that- I feel like that's one of the random ESPN nuggets. When it's 75 degrees and 13 mile an hour wind, this pitcher is hitting 405. Yeah, the Kirkjian, the Kirkjian bombs or whatever he calls them. Kirkjian stats. But anyway, so that his stats um, aren't as impressive on the mound as most of these guys. He's 3-1 and one with a 3.2 ERA, 50 innings pitched, and 44 strikeouts. So not bad numbers. like Pretty solid numbers from what you want from a Friday guy. But his hitting stats are also really good. Hitting over 300. He's hitting 310 with a 938 OPS. He's got seven homers now. I think he had a seventh home run last night and over 30 RBIs. I mean, the kid's a stud. He's a grad transfer from Brown from the Ivy League. So he was one of those guys that didn't, like almost didn't play this year because of the Ivy League. So he got out, came back to his home state of Georgia. Think about that. He's just one of he he's one guy that we know about. But think about how many great Ivy League players that are not playing college baseball because they chose to respect their loyalty to their Ivy League program, to their yeah. original commitment. They stuck with the program just to get BF'd. And if you know what I mean by that, yeah. you can infer, you can make assumptions, whatever I mean by BF'd. But they're um, also getting like top tier education. So yeah, of course. <laughs> they didn't go there to get education only. They went there to play ball too. Some of them did though. Some of them went just for education and said, you know, I okay, can play baseball. Yeah, but here. yeah, but yeah, but majority of those guys went there to play ball and get a premier education. But they didn't just go there just to go to school and say, hey, fuck it. I don't have anything to do tonight. Let's go play some baseball. Like <laughs> they went there to play some ball. And Ben, he's hitting 322 with a 3.22 ERA. How crazy is that? No, he's not. Is he really? Yeah. The, oh. <laughs> 322 average with a 3.22 ERA. That is so crazy. Like of all the numbers he could have, he's got that. I dude, I think you I think I need to text my my buddy who's the SID at Mercer and, and tell him about that to tweet that out because that's pretty incredible that those two numbers match up. That's insane. That wow. Means- that means you are just consistent across the board. Yes. You are a 322 hitter and you are a 322 pitcher. Like <laughs> that is your pure consistency. Gotta anyways, be consistent. Anyways, we have 12 guy. We have 12 hitters here. And dude, Demetri, how tough was it to narrow it down to 12? Ben, we probably had guys who are gonna slit our throats because they're not on this list, but we literally we had to find number to separate them, whether it was doubles, whether it was stolen bases, whether it was OPS, whether it was triples, like they were all so freaking good. And it was, I literally told, I remember we were talking, but we're like, dude, we're going to get shit for some kid not being on there who's hitting 400, but he has maybe one extra base hit. And it's just like, but there's three more guys hitting four more guys hitting 400 on our list with double digit extra base hits. Like yeah. we're not saying you're not good. It's just like, there's that many dudes who are just better numbers this year. Yeah, and it like worked out that it's 
spread across the country too. Like we have players from all across the country and schools, all different shapes and sizes. Uh, some, some of them are on good teams. Some of them are on terrible teams. Some of them have played 40 games. Some of them have played 20 games. Like, and it's, it's just like, we had to crunch the numbers and go line by line on probably 50 guys and just slowly cut one, lock one in, cut one, a, lock one it, in. It took us three hours to go from 30 to 20 and to have our add-in guy that, you know, maybe just didn't, didn't make the cut the first time who you like, that's the thing about the watch list, just because you're not on the watch list. And it took me a second to understand that because you were like, dude, we got to add him in. I'm like, yeah, we do. Because just because you're hitting 458 now and you're hitting, let's just say 350 a, a month ago with five less homers, just because you aren't on the watch list doesn't mean you can't be the best player in the country by the end of the year. Yeah. I mean, dude, hitting is so streaky. Like some of these guys might start sucking at the end of the year and not even be close but to our finals. But I the way that we're, the way that we're kind of structuring this is in a couple of weeks. We can add on anymore at this yeah, point. May 20th, we're cutting it down to the semifinalists, which is 12. Right. Um, and then the finalists will be four. No, I, th- no, I thought we were doing eight. Eight I and then we four. we were doing um, 20, eight, 10. No, 20, 10, and five, I think. I don't know. We'll figure it out. You see how un- unorganized we are. I think it was 20, 10, and five. Because I remember we having five finals. Okay, I'll tell you why I know it's 28 and four. We literally, I brought up the point of final four. You yeah, and I said, I think four. five, I think I know, five is good. I think we agreed on four. Well, whatever. We'll, we'll pick Damn, if we can't what, decide. What, what, did you, what, what changed from 2 a.m. last night to 3 p.m. A now? lot, did you dude. Do- I didn't know what I was saying. I was so mumble jumbled in the brain. I worked all day okay. and then all right. stayed up until right. two. Okay, whatever, whatever. Okay, so <laughs> we'll going, figure it out. The, the listeners, no, no, no. Will we're figure gonna make it, it official right now. We're gonna no, make we don't. We don't right have now. to make it official. We make our own rules. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> we don't have to make anything official. It, the, at the end of the at the end of the season, before the selection show, we will have, or I guess before regional start, we will have our winner. That's official, right? We're gonna pick one winner. Our before. winner will be on Thursday, June third. The day, Thursday, the June 3rd. before the first the first regional game. Now, how we get to that winner, I have no idea. We, I mean, we have an idea. We have a rough. We have a rough draft, and there's gonna be some editing. I can almost guarantee it. But we will have so one anyways, winner by June. 3rd. So anyways, hitter Jaden Fine from San Diego State, leading the country in batting average, four fifty eight, four fifty eight through thirty one games. Double. 14 doubles, no triples, two homers, 43 RBI. I mean, he's got 60 hits, Dimitri. Like, 60 hits. I didn't have 60 career hits in college. I played four years. Actually, I don't know (laughs) if that's true. I probably did, but. Okay. Kyler, okay, this guy right here almost didn't make the list because there were two dudes who were just super similar in numbers. Kyler Fedko from UConn hitting 430 with 10 doubles, two triples, seven bonds. And he almost didn't make the list. <laughs> like, that's how good this list gets. Then we have my one of my personal favorites to win it all, Trey Sweeney from Eastern Illinois, hitting 415 this year. He's got nine doubles, 11 homers, 51 RBIs. I mean, his team stinks, but he is – I mean, they're not even pitching to this guy, and he's putting up these kind of numbers. Just a pure hitter. Uh, I mean, I like him. I think he's a favorite to win it, to be honest with you. I mean, his OPS his is numbers, almost thirteen hundred. His numbers are stupid. Yeah, you're hitting four fifteen with eleven bombs in thirty eight games. Like tip my fifty one RBIs in thirty eight games. Like it's All crazy. Right, next guy. 
Zach Nito from Campbell. Now we had to replace, we had uh, Spencer Packard from Campbell, but Zach Nito actually replaced him because his numbers were better. I mean, through 106 at bats, he's hitting 415. He's got 13 doubles, six homers, 35 RBIs. Uh, I mean, it was tough. I mean, we, there's a couple guys from and Campbell here, that we really like. This guy liked. coming up next, it probably one of the favorite to win it. Yeah, Mason McWhorter from Georgia Southern. He's hitting 396. Now, I said Trey Sweeney was my favorite. Now, in reality, Mason McWhorter is the overall favorite, in my opinion, just because he has 26 extra base hits this year. Um, he's hitting 396, so just a tad under 400, 13 homers and 12, or, or sorry, 12 doubles and a triple. So he has the, and he's hit for the cycle this year. And well, I think the cycle's overrated, but he, I think he is the nation's leader in hits for mid-major players with 63. Actually, I know for a fact he is. So, he is. I mean, he's just a he's a bomber, man. Just absolute raw power. Now, this next guy on the list, very unique. We almost didn't put him on the list, and then we checked one no, stat. Dude. No, well, dude. no, listen, like we almost overlooked him because we're like, oh, 395, yeah. six homers, seven or let's see, yeah, six homers, seven doubles, two triples. We're like, eh, 30 hits. Well, guess what? We looked a couple columns over, and he is like 29 for for 31 in stolen bases. 29 stolen bases. Nobody's even close to that. He's one behind Enrique Bradfield from Vanderbilt. Who's an automatic video game stolen base. And everybody is talking about, oh, my God, this guy's so fast. He just steals bag whenever he feels like it. Well, got news for you, buddy. John Thrasher can steal bags whenever he feels like it just as good. Yeah, so he's he plays at Hartford, um, hitting 395 this year and 29 stolen bases. Hey, what's Hartford uh, mascot? The Red Hawks or something? I don't know. I you know what my first thought was? The Yard Goats, the minor league team. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're like the Red Hawks or the Red Birds or something like that. I don't know. I can picture their logo. Yeah, uh, I think it's something Red Bird or yeah, something like that. We'll look it up. All right. Next guy is from Toledo, which I forgot Toledo has a baseball program now, but Chris Myers from Toledo hitting 383. He's got 12 nukes and 13 doubles, uh, and that's only in 115 at bats. He's only played 33 games, and he's just raking and like has a chance to push for, um, you know, if he has a great last month of the season, he's not going to play in the postseason. But I mean, if he has a great last month, like he could make a big push um, just because of his extra base hit numbers. And then we have Justin Guerrera from the undefeated Fairfield team who's hitting 380. Everybody on Fairfield's team is putting up stupid numbers. But listen to this. In 25 games, he has 18 extra base hits, including 10 homers. And he has 36 RBIs. So that's only in 25 games. He's hitting 380 this year. OPS is like 1250. Um, obviously, he's played a lot less games from everybody else on this list. But 10 homers in 25 games gets you I on think, the list. I think I – think- another argument to be made here is you've got to take the best player from the undefeated Fairfield Stags. Yeah. If, if his numbers are good enough and his numbers are beyond good enough. Yeah. His numbers in, in the are. sample side that we have. Yeah. Well, and then speaking of like best player on one of the best teams, how about Austin Knight from Charlotte? Uh, UNC Charlotte guy, Austin Knight, we were looking at him we're like, Oh, pretty good numbers. 363, eight homers. And then we looked at one column and we said, Oh my God. He's got 23 doubles, Dimitri. 23 doubles, which doubles is double, game. like double anybody else on the list besides a few guys. That's a machine right there. That is a doubled machine. Yeah, I think he has the most extra base hits out of any mid-major player. With, he, has uh, the most double, he has the most doubled in the country. That's yeah, a given. And I think he has, he has 32 extra base hits, which is more than anybody else 
on the list. So it would um, depend on how many um, Matt Nelson has. Well, I'm just saying on this list, but yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, Ben, I I love that name, Austin Knight. Austin Knight. You can just like you trust him in the box when he steps. I in. I feel there. like he's the dude that walks up with the Evo shield, some dope Oakley little ear flap on the helmet. Just got swag. Yeah. For sure, you, you know um, what I mean. I think he get, that name just gives off the. Well, speaking flight. speaking of that, I know this next guy on the list. It fits this description exactly. It's Colton Kowser from Sam Houston State, who's going to be a first round draft pick this year. Three fifty two. He came in the season with unbelievable expectations. Teams are pitching around him. He still has twelve homers on the year, like a quiet, very quiet twelve homers. Um, his on base percentage is near five hundred. It's four ninety four. So it shows he gets walked a ton. And I mean, he's just a stud, like five tool player going to be a first round pick this year no doubt about it uh the last two guys on the list we have tyler locklear who's hitting you know oh he's only hitting 321 uh whatever he's got 14 pumps on the year eight doubles and he has 42 rbis so pure power guy from tyler locklear from vcu and then logan cerny from troy hitting 317 that's okay because he has 13 homers and 11 doubles and three triples this year i mean just some absolute studs that can swing the stick it's going to be so tough narrowing it down for the semifinalists, but I imagine there's going to be a group of 10, 12, eight, whatever we decide on. There's going to be some guys that separate themselves this last month of the season. Am I right? Um, I think, I think you were the list. It's going to become a little more obvious because what are the chances all 12 hitters all go like five for 11 this weekend with two homers a piece like i feel like it's gonna separate because yeah in college baseball your average literally ben you could be in game 30 of the season you go over three your average can drop 10 to 15 points exactly because I mean, you don't have like the ab like it's not like the mlb where they're at 500 at bats and they're in september and like the yeah, batting average doesn't really change yeah so one like Jaden fine could go one for 13 on the weekend and he'll be under 400 Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Easily. Yeah. So, but what we're going to do now, um, I mean, obviously all 20 of those guys definitely um, deserve this. We're going to talk a little bit about the volunteer assistants that made the list here. The, these guys, blood, sweat, and tears put into the program. They live on no budget whatsoever. Like they get paid through camps for the most part. They aren't on salary. They live off very, very minimum. We interviewed Casey Dykes, who was a volunteer assistant for a while. He said he used to just like go into the cafeteria early so he could get more food before they started like swiping cards to get in the cafeteria. Like any way they can get food, they do it. Um, but I mean, these guys, they throw batting practice. They hit unlimited fungos. They um, do field work, like drag the field, cut the grass. And that's they, what I think people need to realize when you're do the title, laundry, bro. Like they do everything for these. When you're, goes, when, when you're, name your title is volunteer assistant you're not a assistant coach where your job is write up scouting reports because guess who's writing those scouting reports probably the volunteer the hitting coach is throwing bp when he feels like it he's recruiting on the road like his job is written in pen and paper like that's his job focus on the thing volunteer is what what needs to be done today yeah it goes in with a new game plan every day like what Whether do you need done whether it's, hey, go on YouTube, learn how to do some graphic design and make up a camp brochure. Yeah. Or whether it's, hey, um, my office is dirty as shit. Can you go organize it and clean it up today? Because I got to go on the road and re recruit. You know what I mean? Like they, their job is so 
unknown that they're just like, what do I need to do to help this program today? Yeah. And like all of these guys like deserve to be on the list. And we had to cut some that were well-deserving too. And so what we came down with and like how we, how we narrowed it down to the list of, was it 15? No, 17, 18, 18, 15, 15. No, 18, 18. Yeah. What we did was we narrowed it down no, to 18. Ben, it's 15, three list, three list of five. Oh, 15. I'm sorry. God, man. I can't count today. I'm, I'm sorry. All right. But I mean, obviously how long they've been a volunteer assistant played a big role. So if they got hired in January, like a few guys did cut them from the list. I mean, they haven't done their time yet. They might be diminish who they are. Yeah. It doesn't diminish, but like putting in time definitely has a big part in why they were eliminated. Hey Ben, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Yeah. Can a volunteer assistant win this award more than once? Um, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, if they're deserving, maybe. I I wouldn't imagine so. No. Like maybe I, they I just get the. Their... I think it's a one-time award. Once you win it, you win it. Your your name is etched in history forever. Yeah. Because hopefully it gets. Hopefully we can help them get a full-time job. Like hopefully we get we raise awareness. Oh my god, dude! That and would, that would make my year. Yeah. If, one guy, you know, one of these guys next year gets hired as a thing in, in the write-up that was like Golden Funga Volunteer Assistant of the Year winner. Like, he brings a lot of success and a lot of whatever. Yeah, they're going to see, like, we're going to interview the guy and, like, maybe the, the right coach sees it and says, you know what, I want to hire this guy to be my, you know, recruiting coordinator, whatever it is. So, but, yeah, like, the way we anyway. narrowed it down was, like, time they've been there. Um, you know, what their accomplishments were, um, how they got there, and obviously, like, recommendations. Because we had to talk to a lot of players, coaches, like, yep. people around the game. And if the recommendation was strong enough, we kept them on the list. So um, let's go through the list real fast just because I think these guys all deserve the recognition. Uh, Ian Humphrey, a guy that I actually played for, uh, from Mercer. I mean, this guy is at the field, lives, breathes, dies baseball, does anything that the, the program does. Uh, a lot of strong recommendations there. And you know what? You know what I think about Ian Humphrey, and I never played for him. I just know him through you and obviously Mercer. But him and Craig Gibson crush fish. Yeah, they do. They go fishing together. That's a that's how the head coach repays. Uh, I mean, Ian loves to go fishing, and they they go fishing, hunting together, all that. Like in the off season or during their off days, like that's just a way that like head coaches show appreciation to their volunteers. And now. Coach Humphrey has been there for four years now, one place. And he was at a D2 volunteer assistant for two years before that. So like he's been a volunteer his whole life, like pretty much his whole career. He's put in his time. I mean, he deserves it. You ask anybody around you know, Southeast, like who's working camps, who's doing this, who's putting this on the, on the table. Like, yep. so he, uh, he definitely deserves it. Um, another guy who came in strong recommendation to us was Brock Bennett from Georgia. Um, Brock Bennett has a really good reputation for the Georgia Bulldogs. Players loved him. A lot of nominations from the players at Georgia. Kept, we, we kept him on the list. Uh, Kyle Cheesebro from Mississippi State. I mean, we have tons of Mississippi State followers and fans just because their fan base is crazy and we love it. But, I mean, he came from, he came from Indiana with Malonis and he took a step down. I mean, I think he was, a, he was an assistant coach at Indiana, right? Took a yep, step down to he, become but a he also He started as a volunteer, mm-hmm. made his way into the paid coaching world, and then he went back to volunteer. And he, so you, when you look at a guy like that, it just shows you his dedication to the game, his grind, and yeah. his, his willingness to 
follow Chris Lamona. To, yeah. Because that just shows loyalty. That just shows how hard of a worker he is. This shows his loyalty to Lamona. And it shows Lamona's trust in him to put the work in every day, even as a non-paid coach. Because exactly. think if you're a guy who's getting paid for years, and then you tell him, hey, we can't pay you anymore, um, but we, I would love for you to be on my coaching staff. And the guy accepts that. So basically take turns down money to go follow you, show a mutual respect for each other. Like, hey, no I want to coach with you. And the other, on Lamonis looks to him and says, I can trust you to still be the best that you can be, even without receiving a full guaranteed paycheck. Yeah. Uh, and and obviously, I think Cheesebro gets a little bit extra help. Yeah, yeah, to some yeah. of these guys. Like when you're at a program like Mississippi State, you're not broke. Yeah. No, like, no, you're not. But, you're not having trouble paying the bills or getting fed. Like he, but with just but, like the players talking about him, the fans love him, the coaching staff loves him, and like his just just journey was incredible to us. Like how he took a step down to become a volunteer assistant, and he's been grinding there at Mississippi State for for three years now. So that was good to see. Um, Adam was uh, I'm just blinking on his name, but Adam core from Tulane. Sorry. Adam core from Tulane is another guy that came in highly recommended. Like the Tulane program loves the guy. I mean, she is th- I mean, I've seen videos of this guy throwing BP. Like he knows what he's doing out there. Just a big, like glue locker room guy from what I've been told. Um, we love that. We love that story there. Um, and then Harry Shipley from Purdue is another guy on the list who was a player right at Purdue. And then went yep. straight into the, uh, he was, we went Purdue, straight into the uh, yeah. volunteer assistant role. And he's been there Shipley for three years now. Like a, Shipley is like a all-time program shortstop kind of guy. He yeah. was like, I think he led the, broke the school record for fielding percentage. Like he was just an anchor, a shortstop. Like that, that, was, that's a, that was a program changing kind of guy. Yeah. And um, to go from that to just going straight back to that program and giving back as uh, an unpaid volunteer just showed both the dedication – to be of two of the boilermakers and it just shows the trust they have in him to stay in the same place because you know how they, when you, they probably never wanted they they're probably like, dude you cannot leave this program like you yeah need like, a lot because to like, it. like please stay in it anyway if i'm the head coach and one of my players wants to come back i'm like absolutely man but don't you get too comfortable like you have to yeah. work your ass off yeah and so he's been there a while now and uh doing good things at purdue uh, Jared Morton from Evansville was another guy that was DM to us said, you know, had some players say some good things about him, kept him on the list. Uh, Matt Miller from Louisiana tech doing great things at Louisiana tech there. Matt Schilling won a national championship with coastal Carolina. I believe this is his ninth year as a volunteer ninth season. So Ben Schilling played a coastal in like 1994, 1995. And then he, um, with that, then he coached a coastal, in like in like the 2000 early early 2000 as a coach and then he came back many years later and now this is his ninth season as a volunteer so yeah you know he had his run as a paid coach he had his career but for a guy to stick with one program for nine years as a volunteer just shows how invaluable he is to that program exactly and another guy like that is uh you know alan lucky who's been there for at South Alabama for, was it 30 years or 20 years? 20, 30 years. I mean, incredible. He's been there for that long. And he actually follows us on Twitter. And that, I mean, he was one of the most recommended guys, we'll be honest. Like there were so many people, like coaches, players, everybody was saying, Alan Lucky needs to be on this list. He deserves it. He's like, just bleeds the South Alabama program. And they have a good team this year, like they usually do. So he's obviously playing a big part in that. Another guy that was 
you know, we've had on the show, actually, we've interviewed him was Michael early from Arizona state, like went from Indiana. Well, yeah, he was no, 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 no. I might've just messed that up. Was he I at Indiana? Bef- was he no. at Indiana before? Arizona Michael State? early? No, I dude, I just messed it up, man. I think I just goofed that. But anyway, so Michael early was another guy that's, Are you thinking, you're thinking of Casey Dyke, Not like, but no, I think I want to say early was at Indiana too. I might have just messed it up, and if I did, I do apologize, but look that up for me. But he was a guy that was, like, first name. Him and Tyler Packenick from Missouri. Like, when, when we were asking guys around college baseball, like, who deserves to be on this list, those two names came up first. Well-respected amongst college baseball. They've already built brands for themselves. They do a lot of camps um, and, you know, build relationships with other coaches. Like, those are two guys that are going to become head coaches in college baseball one day, no doubt about it. Um, but we're also going to give a few more shout-outs here to uh, West Hunt from Campbell. We love the guys over at Campbell. They had great things to say about West. Um, they have Pat. And he played at Indiana. Was he a volunteer assistant there? No, he played at Indiana. Okay. So he must have played at Indiana under Tracy Smith, right? And then that's and then how he, he got drafted. To and then he was drafted, played um, indie ball after that. And then he was at Arizona State. Okay, so he must have played for Tracy Smith in Indiana and then went to Arizona State to follow. Yes. So, but like, yeah, yes, just exactly. a just a very authentic guy. I had a great interview. You guys can look for the interview. It was like probably 2019 in March sometime. Um, super down to earth guy. Kind of reminds me a lot of Casey Dykes the way he is. Um, but Tyler Packenick from Missouri is another guy that's going to be a favorite on this list. Um, just does everything for that program at Missouri. And um, and yeah, so we have West West Hunt from Campbell, Pascal Paul from Indiana State. Those two guys were highly recommended to us. Uh, John Deloria from, you know, he was recommended by Schlossnagel himself, said put him on the list. We looked into him, definitely deserves to be on the list. And then Matt Kirby from Virginia, who's been there for a long time as well. So he's those guys, Virginia a long time. He's been there a long time. So those 15 guys there, well deserved. The way that we're going to kind of decide on how, and this is going to be cool for all the listeners, how we're going to narrow the list down is we're going to make each one of these baseball programs build like a hype video, like a two minute hype video like getting to know these guys, like what they do for the program, um, you know, who they are as people. Like that's another big portion of like how you're going to, you know, win this award is like, are you a good person? Like do the players like playing with you and playing for you? Um, and then what you do for the program. So they're going to build these little hype videos, send them over to us. And then we're going to talk with Casey Dykes uh, when he's not like completely busy with baseball and kind of go through each video and figure out, all right, who deserves to make the cut for the next round? And it's going to be really interesting. Uh, the fans are going to play a big part in this, um, like who they think as well. They're going to see like the top videos and those kind of things. So um, it's going to be fun. But yeah, that's our that's our quarter finalist for the volunteer assistant. Um, and then the last little thing we're going to do here on the podcast is do our little weekend pick them. So, and I, I, I do apologize. I am rushing, not rushing a little bit, but I do have Braves tickets tonight. Then I'm going to be going to the Braves game. It's about an hour and a half drive for me. So Try to wrap this up pretty quick. How selfish have you been? I know how brave baseball over college baseball. Well, Thursday night it was free tickets. My roommate got them. Uh, They're supposed to be really nice tickets too, and I'm gonna have a blast. But the weekend series pickems, as you guys always know, and for the new listeners here, five series. Me and Dimitri are gonna pick who we think is gonna win each series. And for those of you wondering why we don't have guests this week, um, we had one. Things came up. And then we had a backup and things came up for him. So it was one of those smack in the face, like, you know what? We just won't have a guest this week because I'd rather have a quality guest than just pick some scramble around and take someone. 
Yeah, like we don't. Yeah, the guests are awesome to have, but like at the end of the day, like the competition's between me and you, Dimitri. And we're. Uh, I think I just lost sole possession of first place. I think you took the lead, didn't you? Oh, I I'm way in the lead, big boy. All right. Well, we'll see. I'm gonna catch up here to you. I'm up. I have a four. I have a four game lead. I got you right where I want you, and I'm gonna pick up five games on you here this week. Pause. So. I said pause, as in, like, you said I got you right where I want you. I said pause, like, yo, come to <laughs> I break. you were saying, like, pause, like, I got to do something real fast. Cut the screen. No. <laughs> like, be careful what you say over there. Okay. Well, I'm going to pick up five games on you because I'm just going to fade you every Yeah, time. Ben, you pick whatever you want, whatever you think is going to help you. Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you go first, but the five series are Vandy at Florida, South Carolina at Ole Miss, Texas Tech at Texas, San Diego at Gonzaga, and Long Beach State at UC Irvine. So I'm making you go first since you're in the lead. And whenever I was in first place, I went first every time. And I'm literally just going to fade you. So no pressure on you, but I'm going to pick the opposite of whatever you do. Unless there's one series that I really like that I, I really think that no matter what you say, I'm going to go with it as well. All right. So first up, Vanderbilt at Florida. Yeah. So, Ben. No pressure on this, you here. This This is where... This is where the Florida that we okay. If it was if it was February first, if it was February first, we both would have been taking Florida, like no doubt about it. Ooh, I don't know. Maybe. But it would have been it would have been a much easier pick. Yeah. Now it's like I'm on the Vandy side of things, but at Florida, I can totally see Florida like you know playing their the best weekend of the year and beating vandy um like pound for pound these teams match up talent wise and i know we keep saying don't say quit quit saying florida's the most talented (laughs) team but i'm just saying like pound for pound before the season started these teams talent wise people would have probably lent or leaned florida i mean dude florida's got their their hitting is coming around they're pitching they're starting to get what they need out of their pitching staff they've got um left which absolutely electric out of the bullpen. Um, Tommy Mace is starting to figure out himself. I mean, he's kind of been up and down a little bit, but, and then they've got, they've got dude, they've got, they've got what it takes to win. Um, But I'm going to go with Vanderbilt here. Okay, good. Because you just built me up. I was, I was going to go Vanderbilt and uh, until I actually went on a radio show this morning where we were kind of breaking down like the Florida Vanderbilt series and I like talked myself into Florida. I said, you know what? Florida hasn't played their best baseball yet. Super inconsistent. And Vanderbilt's just been getting beat up every weekend. Like not beat up, but like playing hard series. Hard, yeah. hard like ever since the Georgia series where they lost. And my theory is if Vandy loses two out of three to Georgia, like they can absolutely lose two out of three to Florida. So it's at yeah. home. Florida, it makes sense for them to like bust out. It's Gators love the warm weather, kind of like Texas Tech. And you know, once the once the warm weather comes, they start playing better. I can see Florida taking this as seriously as they've taken any weekend and and win it. So I'll go with Florida here. And you know what? I would not be surprised at all no. if Florida wins. Like, I'm taking Vanderbilt here because I think their consistency plays yeah. in terms of the SEC grind. But we've also seen Florida look like ass. Oh, so I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Florida, or Florida gets swept and loses by um, like 10 I runs. would not be surprised if Vandy went, um, loses the series, but – if I'm a betting man and I had to put a hundred dollars on it, I would put take Vanderbilt. Yeah. 
All right. And then uh, the next series here is South Carolina at Ole Miss. Now, I think this plays a big, big, big part in like hosting. Like if one of these two teams, whichever team wins the series, I think can pretty I much. Think I'm, I think I'm going to surprise you with my pick here. All right. Yeah, go for it. I think Gunnar Hoagland is back Friday night. I saw that. His arm is healthy again. He's um, back. I guess he, so people were talking. So I guess the diagnosis was he had bicep soreness, which, and by the way, a little background info on what that means when someone said they have bicep soreness. If you can pitch, uh, Gunnar Hoagland easily could have pitched last weekend. The issue with those kind of bicep things, when they say it's a bicep, it's a lingering thing. Like if you take a week off, you can go from eh, feeling like shitty to just, I feel great again. But if he kept pitching, it would have just been like, damn, I feel like ass. I can still throw six innings. I'm just super sore. And I'm randomly you'll throw a pitch and you'll feel like, you know how when someone like hits you, gives you a Charlie horse in the leg? Yeah. Where you're just like, ah, oh, shit. I feel, I, <laughs> I feel terrible, but it doesn't hurt. It just feels awful. That's what the bicep. It just feels heavy. It. Yeah. It feels heavy. It feels stiff. It just feels like achy. So Gunnar Hoagland probably got that weak, you know, what? 10, 4, 3, 10, 12 days of just rest, throwing, get back in, back in tip-top form. I think Ole Miss take the series. Yeah, I, this was the one series where I was like, man, I really hope you take South Carolina because I like Ole Miss a lot. And it's kind of because like Ole Miss hasn't won a series in over a month. Like, Can they really go another week without winning a series? Like, They're really talented. They've had a terrible schedule. Like, Just like the worst run at teams. Like, They're just playing – very, very tough competition week in and week out. And here's another one here. I'll go ahead and take South Carolina, even though I absolutely hate this pick. We saw South Carolina go on the road to Texas and get stomped. And yeah, ever since really, then, ever really since like- then, I'm just like, you know what? South Carolina, like, they can't play on the road. Like, I already have it cemented in my mind, even though I know they can. I just, I'm convinced myself they can't play on the road. I'm going to regret taking this. I know it because Ole Miss is going to win this series. But I'll take, I'll take South Carolina. Ben. You're giving me a two nothing cushion on the week already. <laughs> just by taking. Listen, the, the only way I can get back into this thing is if I pick the opposite of or you. So you I might can as well absolutely get your ass kicked and fall even further That's behind. Fine, whatever. Nobody's going to remember this this time next year. Um, I will make sure everyone remembers it. Anyway, <laughs> continue. All right, next series is Texas Tech at Texas. Oh my god, this series right here. I can I I can just see Texas Tech coming out guns a blazing and just absolutely steamroll Texas. But then again, we've got to come back to earth, humble ourselves a little bit. Texas Tech is not who we thought they were. No, they're, they're not at all. <laughs> they're middle of the pack right now. Um, at some point, you just got to say, okay, you know what? Maybe Texas Tech isn't as good as we thought they were. Texas. We got to put it past the side. Oh, Texas sucks every year. They start hot and then they play like ass the rest of the year. Both of those narratives have been proven to be false. Texas is still winning. They're beating good teams. Texas Tech is, is losing game, losing series. But dude, there's just something about the Red Raiders heading to Austin. It's like something once the weather Texas starts heating Tech, up, Texas Tech Texas starts hitting Tech, the ball. Just Based on history, Texas Tech has Texas by the balls, dude. They're just a better team. They can look at them and say, dude, we're better than you. And we're going to show you this weekend. And I'm going with the Red Raider. Yeah, dang it, dude. I actually, I like that pick a lot too. Just because like when the weather heats up, 
And whether it's in Lubbock or whether it's in Omaha or wherever they're playing, Texas Tech, they just get thicker eye black. I mean, the eye black gets thicker. The swag gets higher. Like, balls go no, further. No, no, no. You had a perfect opportunity. The swag gets drippier. Come swag on, man. gets drippier. The sweat, now, the hot. You, oh, you, you, dude, you it's just like Texas Tech in the warm weather, man. I, I'm all about it. Now, I'm going to take Texas here because they're at home. The, they play well at home traditionally. And I think this Texas team is the real deal. Like, they're going to win Friday night when Ty Madden pitches. I really do believe that. He's a top-tier pitcher in the country. I think Patrick Monverde beats Ty Madden Friday night. I just don't see that happening, dude. And and I was okay going either way with this because I think it is a 50-50 series. Now, if this was at Texas Tech, I would say 100% I'm going Red Raiders. It's at Texas. Like, Texas Tech isn't who they thought who, who we thought they were, and Texas isn't who we thought they were. Like, it's kind of been like roles reversed. So I'm going to go with Texas here hey, this weekend. This series screams Vanderbilt style. Georgia was supposed to be pretty good. They had a rough year, and then they beat Vandy, and they started rolling. They're, they're, they're cruising now. They're get, playing themselves straight right into a regional uh, at-large bid. I think this is where Texas starts turning the corner. They beat the best team in their conference. They haven't been playing well, and they start rolling a little bit. I think this is the weekend. I could see it happening, too. I could see it happening. Okay, so the last two series here, we have San Diego at Gonzaga, two powerhouse mid-majors this year. We have them both ranked in our mid-major power rankings. Who are you going with, the Toreros or the Bulldogs? So, Gonzaga, and I don't think people are realizing Gonzaga – is quietly putting together one hell of a resume. They're at, at right now. They're a two seed in the regional. San Diego is like they're they've been in their like ten to fifteen range of the mid major pole. Um, they're a good program. They just haven't made that boom. Let's we're on the next level. Yeah, they've kind of been floating there. You know, um, San Diego can really hit. Their pitching is eh. Gonzaga can pitch and hit. And because of the advantage, I'm going to give them the advantage pitching-wise. I'm going with the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Okay. Okay. So now this is my time where I'm trying to talk myself into San Diego. Because I do like Gonzaga's out-of-conference schedule. I mean, they played a tough, tough out-of-conference schedule. They're really good. They got Alec Jacobs, who's a stud on the mound. He's thrown a no-hitter. Also been ejected for using pine tar in a game, which – it's stupid, but whatever. I'm going to go with San Diego just because I know how San Diego recruits. Uh, for the listeners out there, they recruit players and say, like, yeah, we're a college baseball team, but we're here to get you ready for the play- or for the pros. Like, they're a player development kind of team. And sure, they don't have, like, the, the, the resume that, like, I don't know, Coastal Carolina or Cal State Fullerton or some of those powerhouse mid-majors have because they haven't had postseason success. But I'm going to talk myself into taking San Diego just because I think this is another toss-up series. And Gonzaga is a good team. I'm just going to say, I hate this pick. I hate I, I can't even talk myself into it. I might go Gonzaga here. Make no, pick. I'm going to go San Diego. Screw it. All I'm right. going San Diego. All right. Did you, did you hear me like trying to talk myself into San Diego and I just couldn't do it? <laughs> I'm going San Diego solely because you went Gonzaga. I know you are. But San Diego is a good team. Like, they're 24-8 and eight this year. Okay, move on. Okay, last series here. Long Beach State at UC Irvine. I know where you're going with this, and I, and I already like it. But 
So, dude, Long Beach is a team that you're, you just look at them. You love their uniform. Classic look. Their, I love their Nike plain but sharp look. Mm-hmm. Their feels is sick. They've got they've got players across the board. They just don't have that superstar. They just don't have that stud Friday night guy. They don't have that stud big bopper in the four hole. They have just a one through nine solid lineup. Irvine, on the other hand, has been playing lice out. Their bullpen throws gas. They have dudes that can hit. They have dudes that can come up clutch with two out. They, they're coming off a two out of three series win against Oregon State at home. And they're back at home again against Long Beach, who came off a hard fought two two games or a four game split with Santa Barbara. They almost they had the series three one. They had it locked. Santa Barbara made a huge comeback. That was a fun game last Sunday. Honestly, if you're asking me, I think that game was more exciting than the Padres Dodgers shoot me. No, it was. We 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 watched it together. We watched it on, yep. on Zoom together. And, but at the end of the day, I have to make my pick. And I'm going with the ant eaters. Going with the ant eaters. And you know what? Like I know I said I'm gonna just tell you, but I'm going ant eaters as well. I mean, I think Long Beach State's come a long ways from where they were two years ago when they were like eight and twenty-four to start the season, fired their Wait, coach. You're going and, you're going to Irvine? I'm going to Irvine too. I, I I don't see they're at home. I don't see any way they lose this series. Now, sure, it Actually, could be. A, you know, it's a four game series, right? You can, oh, is it? No, it's not. Yeah, it is. Are you sure? Yeah. It's a four game series. Um, Friday, doubleheader, Saturday, game Sunday. Oh, well, then I'll go split. <laughs> go split. I'll go split. I'm, I'm splitting it up. Two, two and two. All right, I like that pick. I, I like that way more than me just going Long Beach State. So give me a split there. But, yeah, it's. I mean, there's obviously some other series going around the country. Uh, we want to spend some time here today on the mid-major player of the year, the volunteer assistant, and kind of like the new structure for the regionals. So, um, But we'll definitely be updating everybody on Twitter this weekend. Dimitri flies out Saturday for Italy. How long are you going to be on the plane for? Um, I leave eight o'clock Saturday night. Um, I will be in Paris, France around 10 a.m. Sunday. I think it's like a nine hour flight. Um, yeah, so it's gonna be fun. I'll be on the plane. Um, I'll probably get that that Gucci Wi Fi on the plane if they have <laughs> that good, good Wi Fi. Um, and I'll have my eye out, but if if our hey, if our Twitter is slow this weekend, understand why. I'm sure Ben will try to be on it, but yeah, I'll um, be I'll be on. He it. knows he knows I'm the content guy as far as the video goes. For um, sure. I, if you guys haven't Million figured percent. that out yet, Million you guys haven't percent. figured that out yet. I I'm I'm the guy that you know does a lot of the video stuff. Ben is more of the dope uniform, sweet <laughs> like he's more that that content, which I think is a perfect mix of a little yeah. more serious like baseball stuff and then more off the field fun antic stuff. That's all Ben. That's right up his alley. That's that's who he is, and I love him for that. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> we're, I'm gonna I'm gonna step up my Twitter game, my social media game here this weekend. For yeah, you. Ben, you're on the, you're you. on the spot this weekend. Let's see what you've got in the bag. I, I will be on it. I will and, be on it. Can't um, let the fans and followers down. 
Um, but if it's slow, um, I don't think it will be slow. I think Ben will be good. Um, as long as he keeps his girlfriend in line and doesn't <laughs> let her tell him what to do all weekend, I think we'll be good to go. And But you know what? You guys can definitely expect some videos like a little bit later, a little more highlight videos rather than live at the moment type yeah. thing. It's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. But uh... it'll be just fine. I have all the faith in the world in you. Um <laughs> Just don't just just stay away from the corny thing sometimes because yeah. I know you love to go down those roads. Love the corniness. Anyways, and, um, um, you guys enjoy this weekend. Um, enjoy another great weekend of college baseball. I'll still be around, you know, Friday and Saturday afternoon, maybe a little bit. Um, yeah, you're not dying. Those, you're not dying. You're just flying across the country or well, across. I'm the, talking the about. I'm talking <laughs> about in terms of on the spot updates, videos, highlights, stuff like that. So. Yeah. Um, they just we'll, won't be there for Saturday night. Yeah. Well, go it's pack your stuff Sunday. up. Go pack your stuff up. I'm going to go get ready to drive to the Braves game. Um, but yeah, and I appreciate all the listeners. And uh, we'll be back Sunday, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. You guys go check out our uh, our tweets with the volunteer assistant of the year. It means a lot to them, means a lot to yeah. us. Major player of the year. I think we're one of the first to do it, to give a full on player of the year for the major schools. Um, go give them some love. Go shout it out. Go share it with your friends. Let everybody know who the best players in the country are, mid-major wise. Yes, sir. We'll do it. All right. See you guys.